podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. It's well, you're listening to this Monday morning. It's Sunday evening, and Chelsea have just somehow contrived to lose three-one at West Ham United. Joining me to look back at a disappointing afternoon at the London Stadium and a bit of a disappointing week off the pitch as well for Chelsea is Jam at Carefree Jam. Jam, it's a very silly question given as well, but unfortunately the Lioness is lost this morning. But how are you doing, my man? It's been a rough Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's been peak, mate. I mean, you know, there's me waking up going, yeah, Sunday. Um, And then, yeah, the Lionesses lose the way they did. They got absolutely pulled apart by Spain. Um, Then you go, everyone, I think, went, every Chelsea fan that was also supporting them just went, at least Chelsea are going to let me down later. Oh mate. So yeah, my do you know what? It's early, it's it's early in the season. So my mood isn't as bad as it was at the end of last season. So um still, what a joke. Yep. As I always do guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So Jam, tell the good people where they can find you and all your work. They should know you by now, but just go ahead. No, thank you very much, my man. Um so everyone can find me on at carefree underscore jam. That's on uh Twitter, uh TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm also one of the co-owners of the Chelsea Social, so that's at the Chelsea Social, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, uh, also the um, the uh, women's team page, which is uh, uh, I always forget this one. It's the CFC, so right, the CFCW Social. Yeah, that's it. That's fine, Jam. The links will be in the description below, <laughs> so people can check them out. Right, let's mm. get into it. Chelsea lost at. West Ham today and it means Chelsea have still only won there twice since West Ham moved there in 2016 and it means Chelsea have not won a 4.30 kickoff on a Sunday since January 2022 when they beat Tottenham 2-0 you know when Hakim Ziyech scored an absolute wonderful curling effort and Thiago Silva headed home as well a wonderful day and it was a third yes it was a third time in a month that we packed Spurs ah so Jam we lost uh let's just get into it First goal we conceded, set piece. Ah, oh, who could have possibly predicted conceding a set piece to David Moyes' West Ham team, especially with James Ward-Prowse delivering it in. Conor Gallagher is so busy watching Aguerd. He's not looking at the ball coming in, and then Aguerd gives him just a little nudge, does enough, free header, 1-0. Oh, we don't help ourselves at points, do we? I mean, granted, I'm not sure how easy it is to defend, but we certainly did not defend that well. And I mean, you see where Thiago, I mean, Thiago Silva sort of, you think Thiago Silva would probably be someone better to, to mark him there. And you kind of see Thiago Silva not really marking anyone. But anyway, just your thoughts. That was just a really a frustrating start. Typical West Ham. Typical West Ham. When they're at home, especially with us, what they do, they park the bus and they wait for set pieces. And they just bought the master of taking set pieces. As he said, James Will Prowse, I think every Chelsea fan's fear before the game was when they announced him. He started talking about interviews of, you know, his dream would be to score a free kick on his debut. We all started thinking, actually, when you look at their team, they're all giants. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we all feared this. And this is exactly what happened. They started, you know, just they, they got that, what, two minute burst, a bit of pace, a bit of noise in, in, in the stadium. And then what happens? One nil. And the last team you want to go one nil down to is those guys. Because it's just low block FC after that. I mean, Gallagher's really unlucky because um, actually that corner probably shouldn't have been. Um, he got clipped uh, when he, he he dispossessed somebody. He got clipped right yeah. on the byline. Um, I can't remember who it was that caught him, but he got caught. The referee didn't see it. To me, you, sometimes you get them, sometimes you yeah. don't. It's very hard to see it. So I'm not really going to complain too much about it. But look, very unlucky. The defending could have been much better. Uh, it's... <laughs> Fine margins, eh? Fine margins. He probably shouldn't have been marking that gen- giant, like you said. Um, but that one little nudge he got put him off on the back foot and then he wasn't facing the ball. And a good, good header, isn't it? Um, but yeah, you're right. We don't help ourselves, especially with that starting team. And, 
you know, I, I think whilst we dominated possession, it was quite slow, but I, I guess we'll get there anyway. Yep, Jam, to be fair, to our credit, I think for the second week in a row, we did respond very well to conceding a goal. We did start to really get a foothold on that game and we did, you know, lay siege on that West Ham goal. And that resulted in a very first goal for Carney Chukwameka. And Carney Chukwameka is the third player with the initial CC to score a Premier League goal for a club beginning with C. After Chris Coleman for Crystal Palace and Carlson Cole for Chelsea and Charlton. Own goals excluded. What a wonderfully niche stat. Um, That's brilliant. Jam, he was great. Uh, and then unfortunately, we're not allowed nice things because he goes off injured. Um, a real shame because he, you know, in the absence of Christopher Nkunku, he sort of was growing into growing into that role and it put, you know, an encouraging one and a half games uh, showing in. But, you know, for whatever reason, someone has laid a curse on Chelsea and that's another player injured. Just thoughts on sort of the response uh, and Carney's performance before going off. Bad juju, mate. That's what it is. Uh, we, we just can't escape this injury FC thing. NHS FC, whatever you want to call us. Um, look, the response w- was good. I think partly helped by West Ham. Um, not to take it, you know everything away from us, but West Ham, after they got the goal, they, they, they went back into that real low block. So they invited pressure from us. And I think that was maybe the kick that we needed. So it was a good response. Um, now, Carney, do you know what the funny thing is? I think you described it well growing into that position I, I I watch him and I think there's more that he can give and I really thought when he scored that goal because it was really good footwork and sort of uh, link up play and good box play like he put Suchek he broke his ankles let's be real good finish I just thought here we go here's the moment it's going to unlock him he's going to now fear losing the ball less and be a little bit more um, risky with his play because he can do it he's got good feet um, the boy can play. And then that's what happens. He gets injured. It's just, it sucks. Every single time we're getting excited about someone, they get sent off, like go back right back to Jean Felix in that, in that Fulham game. Something happens. Something will always go wrong, you know? Um, in Cuckoo, we're getting excited in preseason. Bam, knee injury out for months. And Alcani, I mean, I haven't heard any update on how long it could be, but. I just, I really, really, yeah. really hope that it's not for long anyway. Well, sorry. he did leave oh. the stadium on crutches, so that is not a great, great sign. Jam, arguably another huge turning point in that first half. Enzo Fernandez misses a penalty. Now, Jam, this is a Chelsea team that has struggled to score goals. But while as promising as displays was, we need to take every single opportunity we get and every sort of helping hand that comes away. And we did not take it. And you kind of just felt at that moment, if that goes in, I mean, it's so cliche to say because we all go on to how abysmal that second half was, but it does feel like that's a turning point. If Chelsea score that, they go in at halftime two and up, confidence is up. But, I mean, it's just, it, I when I saw him his, him start to run up, I was not confident. I, I hate the slow run up. Like, unless you are probably, unless you are sort of, I don't even know who's the last person I really saw the slow run up. Unless you're someone like Ivan Tony or, or now Brian and Buemo at Brentford. I really hate that, that slow run up. That was just a poor penalty and just, you know, we need that. We just need those things to sort of go our way at this stage of the season. Unfortunately, it didn't. Um, just a word on the most penalty. And as we've gone to it, Raheem Sterling, who had Emerson Palmieri in that first half on toast. And Raheem obviously uh, also plays a, a big part in winning that penalty. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Raheem, then I'll get to the penalty. Look, I've been cooking him since he came to Chelsea. What? Um, I would never have known that, Jack. Nobody <laughs> would ever have known that. What? <laughs> I just thought his price tag, the money that he was, uh, he's being paid uh, each week, 325k, it's a lot. Um, and, you know, I didn't think he had it at that level anymore. He used to be that player. I just didn't think he had it anymore. Today was really the first time I could actually say I liked what I saw from him, you know, for most of his time on the pitch. Um, you know, towards the end, he got tired and his decision making reverted back to what we all hate. However, in that first half, it's like someone flicked a switch and he just saw space and drove. And this is what he's good at. Dribble into the space. Take on your man. They're scared of you. You've got really fast feet. Use it. And he did it again and again and again. And it was brilliant. Actually seeing that, I was like, people were laughing at me going, oh, yeah, Sterling's actually playing well. I was like, yeah, yeah, he is. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie about that, but he needs to be like that in order to be worth it in my eyes. Anyway. He got the um, the penalty really well. He committed Suchek and it was in the box. So, yeah, penalty, really good play from Raheem Sterling. Need to see more of it. 
Like you said with Enzo, I mean, I had no idea what this guy was like at penalties other than he looks like quite a composed guy. I thought he may have some tech. You see some videos in uh, training. I know it's not a penalty, but him shooting, he seems to be picking out top bins and all that. So I just thought this guy's going to run up. And I I suppose because he was composed, I was like, now nah, I'm just going to have faith. But I, had no, I didn't really have anything to go off. And then that was a crap penalty. And unfortunately, that penalty was so bad, it makes me think he can't take another one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean... <laughs> I was talking uh, I'm about. I'm also very much wondering mm. who do we give penalties to, and Kunku is injured. I'm thinking, do we give, do we go Jackson? Jackson is kind of where I'm thinking. Right, that's my go-to because Reese is also out injured, and we'll get onto mm. Reese in a bit. But yeah, it's. Well, this I'm, I'm is looking it. around. Where's that penalty taker? You know, the the, the obvious one <laughs> would have been for me, Reese James. However, you've got to be available, and he's never available. So even if he came back in the team and had five games, I wouldn't want for him to take it. I'd want someone that's generally going to be playing 90 plus, 90% plus of our games. You know, Jackson, like you said, give it to an attacker. In my opinion, I think attackers naturally are going to be good at striking the ball. Um, and they're going to want goals. They're going to be hungry. Give it to them. Feed the attacker. Let them get goals. Let him get his first one in the Premier League. Just like that and then go from there. But anyway, it wasn't meant to be. And uh, like you said, real turning point. Yeah, we were dominating play. I don't think it was enough, personally, that first half. I think it was like second, third domination, and they were happy to be in a low block because they were winning. So they probably would have seen that and gone, we had Chelsea where we wanted them. Until maybe we got the equaliser, then they're a little bit, you know, lost their composure, West Ham. But, you know, I need to see us with a bit more cutting edge in that final third, and, it, you know, look, look what happened in the second half. Yeah, I thought Manolo Gusto was fairly slowed out there today. Um, deputising for East, he was all right. So, Jam, let's get into it. The second half starts. And, Jam, I'll be honest, this is four halves of football we've had now under Mauricio Pachu. I think we've started all four of them pretty poorly. And in three of them, we've been punished with an early goal. Obviously, we conceded around the 20 minute mark last week. We conceded in seven minutes in the first half against uh, West Ham Day. And we conceded in the 53rd minute today. For some reason, we, you know, we start halves slowly. I don't know why, because we, you know, we finished that first half really strongly. And maybe that Enzo. Miss Penalty and Carney going off did sort of suck some of the life out of the Obviously, McCullough Midrick is a half-time sub for Carney, Chukwameka. But for some reason, and it is something we've got to fix because, I mean, we have been punished. And, you know, arguably against Liverpool last week, didn't even mention on pod, there was the potential that they could have had a penalty early in the second half for a potential handball against Nick Jackson as well. We've, you know, we've got to really, the way we start halves, and I know there's a question on from later on about our second halves, but the way we just start halves, where it be first or second half, it's got to be a lot better because we have very much paid a price for a game we should have been in relative control. And again, all of a sudden, we were playing catch-up and having to put ourselves in it. And the goal, again, I think is just really poor. We sloppily give the ball away. I think, yeah, Dezazi sort of gives the ball away. Thiago Silva is also in no man's land, by the way. In this. I, in a, in a, I've seen a lot of Dezazi getting a lot of grief for the goal. And absolutely, that's fair enough for, for how sort of casual he is in it. But Thiago Silva does nothing really to go and help him afterwards. Um, but it was just a really poor goal. And it's a good finish from Mikhail Antonio. And it's just annoying, Jam, because I remember us getting bullied by Mikhail Antonio in lockdown. And here he is a few years later still bullying us. I'm like, dude, go away. Like, I feel like you, West Ham have constantly tried to replace this man. He's still there. And he's still bullying us years later. I hate it. Oh, mate. Yeah, he's he's the ultimate bogey player, isn't he? You know, you, we we can we don't need to go into this now, but you can think of a long list of uh, strikers that just like Chelsea. We can, <laughs> that's a long conversation, probably a whole episode on its own. But he's one of them. He he just loves it, and they're not simple goals. I mean, they're that no was actually a finish. That was a no, finish. That, what a finish! That was like peak Drogba. But the thing with his goals, they're either really crap, like chest in off, you know, on the yeah. line, or or they're like that. So. Fair play to him. He did his job today. He really did his job today, which was a tough job, really, against what was three centre-backs, if we think about it. And all three of them messed up for that goal, in my opinion. Um, but look, you said something that I want to pick up on, the, the slow starts to four halves of football. It's because it's our style of play. It's to slowly dictate play, move the ball around the pitch slowly. The problem with that is if the opposition team comes at you with fire, you might just be half a second late because you're, you know, you, you, you're you're kind of used to being in possession. I just think when he was 
in his peak, and I know it's only days, Potter with Chelsea, but when he was in his peak with Tottenham, they just had the tempo on lockdown. And I think Enzo was doing that at Potts in the first half where he was really threading passes, like he was turning and looking forward, trying to thread passes. We need that a little bit more from, from the get-go. doesn't need to be just slow football side to side. I think we need to start faster and then it stops this nonsense anyway. Um, but yeah, the second half was poor, wasn't it? It was really poor. It was really frustrating because we go 2-1 down. There's, there's just no real signs of life. As we said, Sterling, who was so effective in the first half, wasn't as effective. In the second half, I thought, again, just we just seemed a lot slower. Like I'm not saying we were absolutely rapid attacking in the first half, but you saw there a couple times early on, Jackson got in behind. You know, he he could have won a penalty right after West Ham when went up, but, you know, offside, he was offside. And, you know, him and Sterling were linking up well in that first half. That second half, that went away. I just thought it was really poor. West Ham go down to 10 men. But even then, at no point did we really look like scoring. And then Jam, the debut man, Moises Caicedo. Chelsea fans, please, please, can we put can we put away the Earth, Wind and Fire chant? Because we gave it to Bakayoko and look what happened. And Caicedo, it's one game and he will and he needs time and we should not rush to judgment. But boy, that was not a that was not a good start after we have gifted that chant. And we should know what happened when you gave Koulibaly a chant before he played a game of football last season. Yeah, what happened with Kukarella before you gave him a chant before he played football? Wait, wait. This is irrational stuff, I'm saying. But just wait before you give these chance to players, right? Please. But anyway, Moises Kai said it was just the second player to give away a penalty on his Premier League debut for Chelsea after Wayne Bridge v Liverpool in August 2003, a whole 20 years later. That would have been the first game for Roman Abramovich era. Uh, that would have been August 2003. So a long, long time ago. Jam, it was not Moises Caicedo's day. Look, I'm going to be fairly kind on him because the situation in general, like the whole transfer saga has been drawn out he wouldn't have played any football since Brighton's probably one of Brian's pre- last preseason games at the end of July. So that we're looking about three weeks of no football. Um, you know, he did obviously done training with us, but because obviously, you know, he wasn't involved in Brighton's final preseason games or, or the, you know, Premier League. So it's been a while since he sort of played football and that, you know, we've got to be fairly patient with him, but that was not a, not the greatest of, of starts. Oh, it was horrendous. I just wonder what he's looked like in training. We'll never know. You know, Poch is obviously going to big him up. I actually saw what Poch said after the game. He said he did some things really well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair enough, Poch. But um, it, <laughs> it's clear to see that he is very physical. He doesn't shy away from a tackle. I like that. I think we need that still in the midfield. But my God, he was off the pace. And yeah. Players, everyone, anyone could be like that if they haven't played football for a while. But that is one of the biggest disasters I have seen for a very long time. And the unfortunate thing is, I I hope he's not that active on social media because he's going to be scrutinised and cooked. Like everything he does, 115 million. I just hope, like you said, the Chelsea fans can really not be idiots here and just back this guy until he gets up to speed and he can show us what he can do because it will come at a certain point. There's just going to be a lot of noise around him from the media, from rival fans, and I just hope it doesn't get to his head because I think, you know, that could turn into maybe my theory, what I think's happening to Mason Mount. You know, all of that pressure kind of holding him back a little bit. So hopefully Kaiseido gets up to speed nice and quick and we can see the best of him, but that'll be one to forget. I hope they can laugh about it in training tomorrow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, as a result of that defeat, meant it's five wins in our last thirty-one league games. You know, it's we're only two games into a new season. There have been positive signs across these two games, but just for confidence, hopefully those wins come soon. And Chelsea do have an opportunity now with kinder in 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 inverted quotes here, uh, kind of fixtures to come. But yeah, that was just ultimately a disappointing evening. And and jam, I mean, ultimately, I think we're with West Ham away. We're generally get probably going to happen to the stage. Is this more of a bogey ground than Goodison Park? Because it, it's both, you know, for us, Goodison Park, two wins since 2016. West Ham, two wins since 2016. And as I said, one of those wins at West Ham was without fans. Uh, you know, it, it's getting there. For some reason, they annoyingly, I mean, it is a derby, so you'd expect them to raise it. But we just, for some reason, always think the gaffer. And it's why, listeners, on the season prediction show, I had us with two points from our first two games. Because I did. we never beat Liverpool at home. And we never win at West Ham away. So... There you go. I'm sorry, listeners. But yeah, that was ultimately 
really, really disappointing. Um, as I said, I was some positive. I thought Jackson was fairly good again. You know, at time, it didn't get much chances, many chances he did get. He was a bit rash at points. But again, I liked what I saw from him in terms of movement, in terms of getting involved in plays, link-up play, etc. That's encouraging. Signs, I said, Gusto, I thought, was, was solid. And Reemstone, that was one of his best Chelsea performances in a long time. And I thought he was, you know, solid enough against Liverpool last week. So an encouraging-ish start for Raheem, considering, you know, how poor he was in pre-season. Uh, but Jam, the bad news does not stop there because Reese James is going to be out. He suffered an injury in training. He's out for a month or so. Um, yeah, Reese James, since he has uh come made his uh professional career, he's made he's missed a lot of games. You know, forty four of his one hundred and twenty two career starts came at Wigan Athletic, and that was in the eighteen nineteen season. So that's thirty six percent of his career starts, and we've had a number of seasons since. It is so incredibly frustrating that we have this such good player who just gets injured so much and we rate him so highly. He is a brilliant player, but also availability is such, is just such a crucial ability to have in itself. Matt, unfortunately something Reese James not, does not have. Now look, thankfully we have Malo Gusto and not a, an aging Cesar Esplaqueta to deal with the situation. But boy, this situation is just so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Absolutely. My biggest worry is that it starts to affect him mentally. I think the last injury he came back from was quite a lengthy one. Um, and it was quite well-timed. You know, a lot of the, the sort of rehab was over the off-season, wasn't it? So I think he had time to really work on himself mentally because every time you get an injury, it really does knock you, you know? Um, especially now, he just got the captaincy. And the first thing that happens is he gets injured. Okay, albeit it was towards the end of the Liverpool game, but I just worry about him because such a player, he's going to have his own ambitions in his career in a sense of, yes, now he's Chelsea captain, great. He wants, he will inevitably want to be the most successful captain. Going to be hard, but he does. That's his dream if he can do that. But he also wants to have an England career. And I think that can really help with his confidence and his stature as a player. Do you know what I mean? Um, He needs that. He needs that. That'll be a dream of his. And, you know, once injuries start to rob you of all these little things and playing time, it, it just starts to knock you to the point that you just lose confidence. And I'm really worried that that's not far away from him, for, for him. Um, we were just saying before, I would have had him as number one penalty taker, but this guy's never available. So you, you, you kind of want a penalty taker that's going to consistently take penalties. So that's not him. Captaincy is going to be swapping arms every now and then and it's just not really the stability that we're looking for look now we've got Malo Gusto the good thing is like you said we've got a good deputy um someone that's more than capable so I have no issues if he starts now it may mean that because this season is a little bit of a I was going to say right off I didn't mean it like that because <laughs> this season having got European football we can really look after Reese, and I think he just needs to handle that and just hold it you know, he's going to have to be on the bench for uh, a lot of these games. We're really going to have to manage his time. You know, we're going to have less really important games where we need him starting. Um, so, you know, good news for Malagusto, I guess. It's up to him to show him what we can do. Uh, look, let him raise that competition up so Reese maybe can work on himself even harder and get to somewhere he needs to be to be consistently in the team. Yeah, other bad news. Lewis Hall seems to be on his way to Newcastle. Jam. He signed a new deal at Chelsea. Seems to be going out on loan to Palace. And now all of a sudden it's briefed that he wants to leave Chelsea for Newcastle. Now, look, I am sketchy in my belief that he wants to leave us uh, because I don't think you sign a new contract at Chelsea if you want to leave the club. I don't really think that. And I think ultimately an offer has come in and Chelsea have spent money. And since what has changed since supposedly going on loan to Crystal Palace to, to now, is Chelsea brought in two players in Romeo Lavia and Moises Caicedo? And Chelsea have got to deal with FFP and they've got to do other things. And Lewis Hall from the Academy, you get, I mean, it's, it's a loan with, the, you know, the obligation, you know, and they will then pay the after. But to me, again, call me a cynic. I don't know. It just kind of seems that Chelsea have decided, OK, actually, there's an offer for you. 
And you know what? We do like you as a player, but there is also a reason that, that you know, they've not announced, they never publicly announced his contract. There was no sort of announcement on the website, nothing of that. I don't know, it just seems to me that Chelsea have decided actually we'll cash in on you. I am disappointed. I do not think it's an absolute disaster because we've got Ben Chilwell at left back or wing back. And I know some people be, oh, Ben Chilwell, ugh. and, you know, not not amazing today. But I just see it, and there's Ian Martin on the bench, and I just think ultimately, and he's Lewis always really not going to be playing since midfield for Chelsea anytime soon. Um, so I kind of like, I think it's a good move for him and his career. I think going to Newcastle is great for him. I'm not mad at it. I'm just sort of a bit annoyed at the situation and how it's developed. And I think ultimately, could couldn't why I'd rather we could have just got that loan to Palestine, send him on loan for the season see how this season plays out and then sort of address the situation a year later. It, I know it's very much kick the can down the road, but it just feels like we've kind of made a decision now. Letting him go to Newcastle. Look, letting him go to Newcastle might not be a big deal. It might not be involved. He's literally played about 12 games for us. So it, it he is really, you know, it's not like he's played loads of football and is this absolute wonder kid. But I just think we've, we put ourselves in a position, we could have waited before making this decision on arguably one of the most promising players we've seen about age at Chelsea I mean you know 18 19 years of old to be putting in performances he has has been very encouraging I don't know just your thoughts because it did just seem like and look I don't want it, it's not like you know it didn't think make my think make me think oh this transfer window has now like really gone down in my estimations but it did just sort of sour the mood a, a tiny bit yeah, it most definitely did. Um, you know, we were all still buzzing that we got Caicedo and Lavia, then that news fo- followed. Um, and now we've had the, the loss today to, to hold as well. Um, look, Lewis Hall's a good player. We saw his performances last season when, you know, especially against Man City. Do you know, I wonder if he would have got a goal. He, he had some big chances in the games that he played. If he would have scored, I just wonder how that would have elevated his status. You know, whether in our team or just, in the media, uh, you know, <laughs> would he be going now? I, I Probably not. But, you know, fine margins maybe. And I, I mean, it's just a goal. I think he still played well. He's still obviously got a lot of potential. But I just think that's how fickle it can be sometimes. Um, I'm I'm disappointed in this. I, I think he's got some really good potential. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like Newcastle are still buying him to be a left back. So... You know, maybe he's got more opportunities in the future, long term, playing in centre mid there. But you know, for him, whilst actually they get they've got European football, some more game time. Maybe he does have a little bit more game time to play there. But yeah, I, I just think long term, it, it doesn't change too much. The, the the big thing that really annoys me here is that essentially Cucurella's taking game time away from him, and I wanted Cucurella to come in the first place, but. You know, I quickly realised this guy doesn't seem to be at it for us. And sadly, since then, the whole year's passed and he's been crap. And now we've got this guy that, that potentially could have been sold for at least the same amount. And if Maybe. you offload him, is there then the pressure potentially to have to offload Hall? Yeah. I mean, again, that's not really Cucurella's fault, but it's just frustrating. frustrating. And it's mm. a situation we have put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, look, we've strengthened the rival. We've got to balance the books. I hear the arguments, but yeah, can't help but be disappointed. Yeah. Some happier news. Romeo Lavia signed. Jam. We got a lovely bit of nostalgia. We, you know, they feel that they gave us a Vodafone call with Eden Hazard. What more could we want? That was, that was the right one to, to brighten up, um, um, put us in a good mood on, was it Thursday or Friday morning? Whenever that got Friday morning, it was Friday morning when that one got announced. Obviously, he was not going to be involved day, understandably. Imagine he'll give time, but Jam, it just, that midfield all of a sudden, does just look a lot more stronger now. You'll have Enzo, you have Caicedo. You know, maybe Lavi will sometimes play them as well, and you can maybe see a midfield free at points. Um, it's just a nice option to have, a nice, promising young player. And obviously, after Chelsea lost Jorginho in January, lost Kovacic and Kante in the summer, you do kind of now feel that Enzo was potentially sort of that Kovacic replacing back then, and you've now got in Caicedo and, and Lavi is sort of your, you know, I mean, it's pretty, it's basically impossible to replace N'Golo Kante, but your replacements for those two sort of profiles and, and sort of skill sets in a way, just thought it's just a nice, you know, it's nice, nice sign to get done. And obviously to see Liverpool in the mud again. 
Oh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Liverpool in the mud. Love it. Um, and then they went and got a guy called Endo. <laughs> but look, good luck to them. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy with Lavia. Look, he's 19, really talented. Um, and I noticed it when uh, Southampton played us last season. He got a goal, didn't he? <laughs> he got a goal, I believe, against yeah, us. So, in that uh, ill-fated 2-1 at St Mary's early in the season. Oh, yeah. That's when I knew that we were in trouble this season, yeah. well, last season. Yeah. Um, but, but look, we need this profile. We need a DM in, um, and, and that is him. Well, it does, unfortunately, is it means that Santos is most likely to go on loan. Fair play to him. Andre, uh, Andre as Jess would say, um, Andre is going to go on loan. Um, and uh, what happens with Ugochukwu? Like, yeah, you probably know. on loan, you'd imagine. You'd think certainly this... one of those two has to now go on loan. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and people say, was it necessary? I mean, look, we, we can only find out from what we see. So let's just see what he can do. I mean, look, I look at our team today and our starting eleven. I certainly don't think if he and Kaiseido were 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 sharp and fit and maybe had been with us for a week, just over a week, I certainly don't think we put that starting eleven out that we did against West Ham. Um, you know, I never ever want to see Chilwell left wing ever again. And maybe having that more balance in in in, in the yeah. midfield means that can we can play a three in there. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I do think ultimately that you know we. What we're seeing in these first two weeks, part partly out of circumstance with with injury, and part of it, but I think with them, I think, and I'll say this, we will see sort of back four. And I know people will say, well, you know, yeah, but I think a back four with hopefully, you know, with that protection front, but we do not see someone like Chilwell sort of playing as a as a left winger. Jam, more good news. Hakim Ziyech has gone on loan to Galatasaray with an option to buy, with an obligation to buy. Wonderful scenes. I'm buzzing. Like, yeah, happy days. He sounded like the uh, Chelsea admin when we got rid of Murata. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> More good news. <laughs> well, well, it is, because um, he wasn't going to play, <laughs> let's be real, and he has no future here and hasn't had any future here for, for well over a season. I mean, I'm just happy. Like, honestly, cheers for some nice goals. You were, you know, you you were bought for one manager and then we changed to that manager and you kind of struggled to fit in since. You gave us some moments, but really the time to let you go was at the end of the 21-22 season. We tried. We failed to do that last season. Then you were back in the team playing good stuff. Had to be like an Amsterdam not long before trying to find this move. Anyway, that one's done. It's a loan and there's an obligation to buy. I'm pretty sure it's an obligation to buy. So we are... Cheers, Hakim Ziyech. Goodbye. He's also apparently on Follow Chelsea on Instagram. Um, He sort of, you know, about me and joke, you know, but he's free. Look, it's a player on Instagram. I'm not really going to get fussed about what they post and you know why would I really care for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang or Hakim Ziyech much at this point um just other bits of admin uh loans wise Harvey Vale's gone on loan to Bristol Rovers forgot to mention that Slonine has gone on loan to a club in Belgium as well that happened obviously before last week but obviously Chelsea do so many outgoings I completely forget about all of them and thanks to Jess with her wonderful list of outgoings um I can now sort of keep up to date that was basically sort of what we want to cover. Now we're going to move on to listener questions. Uh, first one comes in from Luca Foley. Check out the Blue Crew pod, which he, OJ and Tom Coley do as well. Uh, yet another game where we've come out for the second 45 half asleep. It's happened under yet another manager, but almost a completely different team to last season. What's the reason for this and how can it be solved? Because it's seriously costing us. I mean, Jam, you did kind of, you gave sort of your thoughts on it, you know, alluding to it earlier. Luca, I don't know, because I would also like to, because I, I sort of joked about it, Jam, and I thought our group chat yesterday. I was like, why? Because I saw it at Manchester United at Spurs yesterday. They'd had half time. And then I saw them ha- having like a, a chat on the pitch, like a huddle. And I was like, guys, why are you having like a huddle on the pitch? You've literally just had half time. And then they absolutely came out. And, I, and then United conceded early in the second half and go, oh, that huddle went well, well, lads. Anyway, for some reason, it's a pattern. Like, it just happens. I don't know, Luca, why it happens. You are right. It's another manager. It's different players. I don't... I mean, is it just style of play that we take our sort of time to sort of, you know, second half, you've got to regain that off, you know, you've got to regain that control that you had. I don't know. It is incredibly frustrating because we have been punished this time. We were not punished last week against Liverpool, but we could have been. We were punished this week. And as I said earlier, we have had four really poor starts to halves in our two games in the league so far. And it is, we have been made to pay in three of those four halves. 
it's incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't really know what the reason is. How can it be solved? I mean, Jam, is it just simply that, you know, I don't just be on it from the start. We just need... Is it maybe even just for personnel that we have? Because you look at it, that's quite a, a young, inexperienced squad out there. Like, you're looking at the senior players today, and you're looking, Thiago Silva is one of your senior players. You're looking at Raheem Sterling is one of your senior players. And then probably you're looking at Ben Chilwell, your vice cap, your captain on the day as your senior players. Other than that, you've got a lot of young 21, you know, 20 to 24, 24, 25 year olds in that team. I mean, Enzo Fernandez, you know, we talked about this, Enzo Caicedo and Lavia midfield pension at one point. Enzo Fernandez is the oldest one of those three and he's 22. Um, is it Jam potentially also a bit of an experience? Because it is a different Team Sarsi. I don't know. I'm just on rambling. Just thoughts? Anything to add on from what you kind of alluded to a bit earlier? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've got an idea, but whether it's this, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it could be a bit hard when um, your momentum breaks up in football. For example, you will see players foul players or players that are leading and they get a little foul. They always make a meal out of it to really break up the momentum. So half time is a big momentum shifter, especially if the opposition team get a rocket at half-time and come out all guns blazing. Now, what I said earlier is that Chelsea have this really slow style of play and it could just make you be on your heels a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you have... If anyone that plays football will know this. Like if you have, let's say, up to five minutes even of just being on the front foot, your mentality sh- changes. All of a sudden, you're winning your 50-50s. It is a momentum switch. And I just think... For some reason, we're not really nailing that first five minutes and then other teams can get on top of us. For example, look at West Ham. West Ham were getting absolutely murdered by possession by us. Um, Okay, we missed a penalty at the the end of the first half, but then the momentum maybe switched there all half-time. Moyes probably said, nope, you guys have got to go for it. Go get yourselves ahead. Look what they did. And look what we did. (laughs) It's it's not a good trend and uh, Pochettino needs to really sort that out quickly. Yep. Next question comes in from Dean Mears. Should we be expecting more of these results with such a raw squad? I mean, Dean, as I kind of said, I didn't expect us to win these first two games. I think ultimately that there will be issues with the team because we saw what was in Fury, like we saw Chelsea played really well post going one down in that first half. And yet at half time we were not winning. And I think you look at other teams, they probably oh they're probably at half time, they've turned that situation around. And I think that is something we're going to have to deal with because this team, it's a young squad. And yes, you know, for some of these players, the baggage of last season will be lifted, of course. And we've got rid of some of the, you know, potential issues from our squad from last season. But this team has also still not won a competitive game. Some of these players have not won many competitive games in their careers at Chelsea so far. And you're looking at these young players, as I said, who are making debuts for this team. It is just going to take time. I mean, we saw Noni Madueke come off a bench and that struck me as a player. Yeah, he's coming back from injury because he looked he looked raw, under-hitting passes, under-hitting crosses into a box. I think you've got to, unfortunately, sort of expect some of this time. What's frustrating is how well we actually played and controlled that game at points to end up losing 3-1 because that did not feel a fair reflection of that game. But unfortunately, at this level, you have that second half like you do against West Ham. You get punished. You get punished in the Premier League. And unfortunately, streetwise teams like Moyes and West Ham will take advantage of it. Now, look, I think Chelsea have got good games coming up, particularly at home. And I think at home, actually, we will be... I mean, sometimes I do think we will be, we will be better, a lot better this season. And I think these results will probably be less likely to happen at home. I think it's just a way at certain grounds where it's going to be just a little bit difficult. Because I said, I mean, Chelsea struggled going to West Ham before. So then you throw in like this young raw squad and it's probably also going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, I said, there are kind of fixtures coming up. I would, you know, I'm now, there's two games before the international break. Go and win those two. The mood and the feeling is different. And we do, we are now approaching a set of games that are pretty, you know, pretty winnable and we'll hopefully be able to give that good feeling. But there will be absolutely times this season where we play well and these things do happen just because it's going to take time with these players to get used. Like they're still, you know, they're still getting used to each other, still getting used to this 
system we're playing, it's gonna gonna take time. And I think just what hurts about today is the fact that we saw it comes after Liverpool last week. If this had been game week one and we and Liverpool game week one had been game week two now, the mood would be so much different. The feeling would be so much different. Because game week one sort of I think did raise expectations a little bit. And it's also understandable when you then bring in Caicedo and you bring in Lavia. And it's completely understandable for expectation to raise. But you've got to remember, it's still a young squad, still young players. Not a huge amount of goals in this team at the moment. Hopefully when time they'll get it. But I do think ultimately you've just got to expect this thing to happen. There will be bumps. There will be bumps along the road. Um, Jam, anything to add? I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, let's compare ourselves to Tottenham. Uh, you know, they've had a few changes in their team, their manager. They got themselves a big win yesterday. You watch what their next results are. Um, I honestly think sometimes a team needs a win. Um, it's all about your reputation. You know, when you're coming up against opposition, you can't help but think as a player, staff, as fans, who are we playing against? You said it yourself. We've got some winnable games coming up. Obviously, these teams, we you feel like we are a, a bigger threat than they are. So, you know, it is all about your reputation. The trouble is with Chelsea, off the back of last season, despite all the changes we've had, we still carry that reputation of being a team that you can get at and you can get points out of. And until until we get a big win, let's just say we beat Liverpool. If we did, I'm telling you, we don't lose today. We'll just be in a different level mentality-wise. And until we get a big win or a string of results in our favour, these young lads, are gonna, they're going to find it hard because you're right. They're still learning each other, still building chemistry. And I, I just think they're constantly going to have, you know, rival fans on it. You're going to have the media constantly asking stupid questions. They love it with Chelsea. You know, these are the things that happen when you don't win games. When we start winning games, suddenly the questions are very different. Also, look at Arsenal. Young team, fairly new into it, manager, Arteta. And it took them a whole season or half a season to build up their reputation to then have a cracking season last season. I think it does take time. So hopefully this season we can get to that point where we're building those blocks by the end of it and that confidence is high. I think early days it's going to be tough, but they do need to learn quick, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's just annoying. David Moyes had never beaten Maurizio Pochettino. Pochettino becomes Chelsea manager and Moyes finally beats him. Uh, next question comes in from Dan O'Burgess. What a horror show debacle. Can anyone else remember a Chelsea debut that was such a horror show? Or could we just get the heartfelt nostalgia signing and, and bring Eden back for a season and help these kids? Right, Dan, I'm kind of pleased. With in terms of horror show debuts, can anyone else remember a show that was such a horror show? I raise you Saul against Aston Villa in, in 2021. The difference for Saul was we were winning 1-0 when he got subbed off at half-time. And we ended up winning that game 3-0. Saul Neguez looked so for pace that day. And I, and I said, if ever you wanted to see how much... I said, if ever you wanted to see how much Jorginho had turned his fortunes around Chelsea fans, the people were begging for him to come on that day to control the ship and sort of steer things in the right direction for us. I raised... So you're asking about... I probably do raise you that, Dan. But yeah, we've kind of touched it. I don't want to go in on Kaiser. That was really poor. That was really poor. That was, you know, not great. But he struggled with the pace of the game coming on. I mean, it's probably not the easiest game to come into. You know, maybe if he'd started the game, it would be different. But again, he's clearly probably not ready to start the game. It's a tricky situation. And he does also come on when we are 2-1 down. The situation is a bit different. Um, yeah. And could we get the help and bring him back for a season help kids? Nostalgia is brilliant in football. I love nostalgia in football. I think it's great. I don't have that desire with Eden Hazard because we had him for I said this, we had him for seven years. Like that's I don't have any unanswered questions with Eden Hazard. I don't have anything like what could have been. It's not like and I one of the loves of my life, Juan Mata, when we when he left. I have still so many unanswered questions. What could he have become had he not gone to Man United? You know, could we have won that league the season he left? You know, I, but within I don't have these unanswered questions. Obviously, people can go, well, if, you know, these owners have been there and they'd given him the back and could we have maybe won some more trophies? But I got seven years of Eden Hazard, who's the most talented football player I've ever seen, Dan. Like, I don't really want him back at Chelsea. Like, even if it, because I don't, and look, I don't, I mean, I don't think ultimately he's really at the state he's in. He's good enough to play for us right now, to be brutally honest. That's probably how far he's fallen. And also, you talk about mentioning the kids. Sure, it'd be great. But also, Eden Hazard is notoriously not a good trainer. 
and you think it like how Pochettino's like training will be, how he wants to work. I just don't think it would be it would be wise, it'd be sensible. Enjoy Eden Hazard. There was a lovely thing that got shared on social media of a someone who bumped into Eden Hazard at their work and he, he was chatting with Eden and you know Eden had Chelsea shorts on and he sort of made a jibe a jibe of a bloke who was a Tottenham fan and said, Oh, bottle job, blah blah and you know, still has a lot of love for Chelsea. But let those Eden memories just like just think of him fondly, just enjoy the happy times. But there is no need to to bring him back in any nostalgia sense. He's at the, you know, unfortunately, the twilight of his career. Just just like enjoy the happy memories because he's the most talented player that has ever played for Chelsea Football Club. But no, do not do not bring him back. And I'm a bit worried if after if game after all the optimism of last week, one crushing defeat to West Ham has got people actually thinking we should bring Eden back to help these guys. No, let him be. Jam, but more serious point. Can you just just for fun? Can you remember a, a worse Chelsea debut than the Moises Casado day, other than the, the Sal one I've listed? I am probably probably struggling. No, no, I I I, I can't remember that. I mean, unless you're really saying Casado. Yeah, exactly, Dan. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do I do struggle. Normally, our signings tend like normally the ones that they tend to start well and then fade. So hopefully, Casado's the opposite. He start. Hopefully, this is Moises is Casado's tier. I know because Thiago Silva's debut was it was Thiago Silva's debut West Brom away because if it was if Thiago Silva's debut was West Brom away then I raise you that because that was even worse. However, I'm not you know sure what? if he played. I'm not sure if he played before that. But if Thiago Silva's debut was West Brom away and I cannot remember if it was, then I raise you that because that was absolutely abysmal. And for some reason, West Brom are Thiago Silva's kryptonite. Um, <laughs> but so Moise Casado, take that lesson from Thiago Silva that you can have a stinker to start off and then become good. But Dan, those are those are the only two that, that come to come to mind for me uh next question comes in from rj very disappointing result indeed but given there were large portions where we dominated how much tinkering do you see poch making to our personnel and or setup i mean jam for me it's just a question of when kaisado or Lavia's fit them slotting in and i think if you get one of them slotting in i'm gonna say optimistically that it means we do not see Chilwell at playing in that left wingy role in an attacking sense we sort of see him we see a traditional sort of back four we see Colwell and the other centre back is up for debate because there'll some people not be not big on Dezazi and I kind of also think as brilliant as Thiago Silva was and I do think he can play in a four and I think his, the issues with him in a four are a bit overblown at points I'm also looking to the future and I'm thinking you've signed Dezazi yes he was very poor today and he struggled but he also really grew into that game against Liverpool and is encouraging. And maybe you go Colwell Dazazi. I don't know. And then you've got Gusto right back. And then I'm thinking you've got, um, who knows, maybe a free Lavia, Enzo Caicedo. And then you've got your free of Jackson, Sterling and Mudrick. I don't know. Because Chukwemeka is injured. What are we going to do? Um, I don't know. But just how much tinkering do you see Poch making? Because, I, I mean, for me, the tinkering just comes when Caicedo and Lavia are fit. That's when you kind of, tinker things up for me because I think as much as people are not a fan of what we're playing right now I do kind of get it I think the chill work experiment work better against Liverpool when they give you space and against West Ham when they don't really afford you necessarily as much they're not as high up they don't play as high up as Liverpool it kind of doesn't work as well but just thoughts on it any tinkering you expect to see I really hope he's learned a lot from this um yeah against the low block you cannot be doing this you need to be sharpening your tools you you can't be going in toothless and I'm I'm afraid Chilwell as much as I rate him as a player he's a defender that was playing in an attacking position he hasn't got the quick feet he hasn't got the creativity we need that to be an attacker now I understand he's kind of there to also have the defensive part to his game perhaps but my god there is in my opinion it sounds like it's overblown on my end but there is a lot of tinkering to do. Yes, we need one of those centre mids to be playing. Lavia, Caicedo, at the very least. But that must, must, must mean that the wing, the two winger spots are occupied by wingers and the striker is a striker. But also even the attacking mid being someone that's preferably more attacking. It needs to be that way. Otherwise, I just think we're wasting, we're wasting our time with it. Um, it's, 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 we're going to get a lot more drab performances like this if we are not careful, we really need to have that cutting edge. I look at today, I mean, I look, I'm looking at the, the stats in the first half and overall they were quite good. I, I still think we could have done more in the box though. You know, it was all the bit before the box in yeah, my we, opinion. We had so many more touches in the box from West Ham and yet they were 
a lot more penetrative and, and destructive yeah. in there than us. That's my point. So, you know, actually, I think even against the better teams, it's not just the low block teams. Against the better teams, if anything, you need to make your chances count. You, you really do. So, yeah, in my opinion, there's a lot of tinkering to do. I need the left back being a left back, not a centre back playing left back. I need the left winger being an attacker. Um, you look, some one of the centre backs is going to lose out, but we knew about this problem beforehand. Whoever it is, I actually don't really care at this moment. Um, other than maybe Cobble playing in his left centre back position because he's, you know, left footed and all that. But yeah, I, I I need to see everyone playing in their natural positions. To be honest, so there's a lot on my side. Yeah, as I said, I think we saw it did work quite well against Liverpool. Did not work well today. I would like to grab that plan, and it is a bit, maybe a bit at this point. It seems to gone away from what we did see in pre-season, you know, you kind of work in pre-season to be ready and then you switch. And I know there's some, maybe some circumstances for that. But yeah, I, RJ, I'd just like to see when Caicedo, as I said, this team, till Caicedo and Lavia are ready, might not be the most inspiring. But I think when they get there, then I think at time, then I think we will look a lot, lot better. But as I said, I mean, we still looked fairly good, you know, without them in the one and, you know, for, for periods of these two games so far. Next question comes in from Ken Berry. Sterling was good today. Should we look at him starting on the left and Nonny on the right moving forward? I mean, Jam, I know, as I said this earlier, you're not the biggest Dream Stone fan. But in terms of winger starting, he is the number one winger on the team sheet right now. Uh, I mean, look, he had a. He a is. Really he is. He's the number he, one winger. You cannot tell me Mikhail Emerjik or Nonny Madueke should be playing in front of him right now. No, 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 I can't. But what does that tell you about us? <laughs> that's the problem what does that tell you about us I mean look Raheem had a really good first half and moments in the second half I thought he did really well against West Ham however there was also an insane drop off where he slowed the game down every single time he got the ball uh, you know and this is when we were loading the box he decided not to play the cross so I think his decision making is still insanely bad at times however it's clear to see that his strength for dribbling uh, running at defenders, running past and creating space. He's he's the best at that. He he is the best at that in our team when he is like this. I need to see it again. But actually, to be honest, he is our he is a number one starting winger. I would keep him on the right. My my dream as of now is to have Mudrik starting. Just give him some starts. It would be amazing confidence given to an attacker. There's obviously some reasons why not. Look, his, his his end product needs work, but there's only one way that that's going to improve. I'm sorry, but as an attacker like that, when you're constantly coming off the bench, it's very hard to get into games. So I do feel sorry for him. I need to see this guy start in a few games before I can make judgment. And look, we've like you said, we've got some favourable fixtures coming up. I would start those guys. I'd bring Nonny off the bench, at least what until he gets like up to real fitness and sharpness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I would agree. And as I said, for these first two games where... You are going to probably pose more different challenges. I quite love this out. But now, since Nkunku's injured, since Chukwameka's injured, now injured as well, I'm kind of thinking, if we can sort of just, yeah, we need to sort of focus on having going, going, Madrid, going, going, Sterling on the wings, Jackson on top. Because Jackson also just needs as much support and help as he can get. And is probably better, as well as he has sort of played in the Chelsea show various points, than having Conor Gallagher sort of behind him at whatever points we need. Give it, give him wingers, people. Give him wingers and have fullbacks as well, like Gusto being up to whipping crosses. Uh, final question comes in. Uh, do you guys think all this spending in the transfer market is having a negative impact on the coaching of a team? If you can just go out and buy a solution, why bother coaching anyone to be better? You know, um, I don't really think it's having a negative impact on the coaching of this team because ultimately, what we saw Chelsea today was we saw Chelsea in these first two games without Caicedo and Lavia. And I'd say the coaching has been pretty good. The coaching on someone like Conor Gallagher, for example, who was exceptional last week against Liverpool, we didn't really think he could maybe play that role for Chelsea. He played it very well. I don't think it's as simple as you go by, by our solution, why bother anyone? Because you've still got to be able to coach these players. You've still got to coach these players to do what you want them to do and understand what you want to do. I don't think it's... I don't think spending this money in the transfer market has a negative impact on the coaching of the team. If it, if it's going to have a negative impact, it will have maybe some negative impact on players in your squad and maybe potential squad harmony and players seeking moves elsewhere. 
But in terms of coaching, I don't really see it having too much of an impact because I do not think, unlike last season, certainly squad size is anywhere near as much of an issue as it clearly was last season. I think our squad squad size is fairly fine at the moment. We'll probably just need to sort loans out for for, for Andre uh, and Leslie. But I don't think it's having a negative impact on the coaching of the team at all. And I think he just provides Poch with more players to mould, more players and also, just because we're spending space, we're still, a lot of these players are young players we're signing. So they're nowhere near the finished article. They still require a hell of a lot of coaching to help us get there. So I don't think it's just, you know, buying solutions because it's, you're buying, we're buying players for Poch to build his team around. They, they do not just come in and just necessarily redify everything. They can help us improve and elevate us, but then the coach, they need to be coached and coaxed to help us perform where we want to be. So no, I do not agree that uh, the spending is having a negative impact on the coaching of the team because said we're not in a position like last season where we heat Pochettino clearly has too many players to coach. He's got a good squad size. With a lot of players go, players come in, and as I said, we've seen two games with Nick Jackson. What's missing is the goal, and probably more shots actually of the keeper. I'm trying to remember a keeper making a save from Jackson so far. He, he's had some shots over, etc. But you'll see Jackson. Like this raw player who were already thinking about going, yeah, okay, you're you're encouraging Gusto. I thought today at fullback, I felt was a lot more assured than he was last week against Liverpool when he came off the bench. Yeah, I do not think uh, that the spending in the transfer market is having a negative impact on coaching at all. Jam. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's not. Um, look, we needed uh, an overhaul, um, and we've got fresh mentalities in there. You know, young players are hungry. It looks good. It looks like good vibes right there right now. Um, I think it would have been quite difficult for Poch to coach the same team that we had that had that disastrous last season. That would have been a joke. That would have been very, very toxic to start with. Um, so, no, certainly not. Um, I, I also think the only way that it could be construed as negative is only by the media because they're constantly scrutinising us and they'll be asking questions left, right and centre. But that doesn't really affect the coaching. That's just them saying, oh, yeah, buying all these players, it must be hard to coach. No, I, I don't think that's the case, you know. Um, look, at the end of the day, we're buying in the profiles that Poch needs in this team for this team to be successful. It's still very early days, and we have to see what these guys are like because a lot of them have been at this club for less than two months. Like, come on, it hasn't been that long. Actually, f- forget that, less than 12 months. Who's been here more than 12 months? Honestly, from the starting eleven today, he's been in more than twelve months. Well, that's good. So obviously, ben, obviously, Ben yeah. Chilwell has been in here longer mm-hmm. than twelve months. Yeah, that's a very good point you raised, Jam. So we're looking at the starting eleven. The ones who have been here longer than twelve months: Thiago Silva, uh, Conor Gallagher, Just... Raheem Sterling, Ben Chilwell, and Carney Chukwemeka. But Carney's basically barely played. Levi, mm-hmm. Levi Cobble's been on loan. Axel Dzaszi's arrived this summer. Robert Sanchez arrived this summer. Malagusto was agreed in January, but went back on loan and officially started playing this summer. Enzo arrived in January. Jackson arrived in the summer. Your subs, Mudrick arrived in January. Moises Caicedo arrived this week. Noni Madueke arrived in January. Mason Burstow arrived January of the summer. I don't know, one of the two. Uh, so you're looking at, yeah. Went back on loan, didn't he? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you're looking at one of these. You're looking at these players. Martin's been on loan. I'm looking at bench. Leslie arrived this summer. Cucurella arrived, been here more than 12 months, but again, our new sub. A lot of jazz, a great point, Jam Rose. A lot of these players have been here less than, than 12 months. So, yeah. And the coach. Yeah, exactly. And the coaching team. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, um, let's not start looking at it from that point of view. You know, the media is going to make a lot of noise. Let them make their noise. We're used to this with Chelsea. Um, let's just see what these boys do after a a few games. Let's get a few wins under our belts. Then we won't be asking questions about the coaching in this way. It'll be, you know, in a different sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. That is all the questions that we got sent in this week. Ah, it was a, it's a frustrating, frustrating uh, afternoon at the London stadium. Some encouraging signs, maybe, as we said earlier, I think could have gone different, but they didn't. It is what it is. Look, we're two games in. There's been plenty of positive signs, people. I know it's frustrating, but there's an opportunity. And I guess the beauty of us having a Friday evening kickoff is we actually don't have to wait as long to bounce back. We've got five days to wait to, you know, make amends for this defeat 
at West Ham. And hopefully we can go and do that because, again, just get that first win under Poch. So just get that monkey off the back. We just improve the feeling because there are a lot. There has been a lot to like in these two games. Obviously, the second half day was a bit alarming, but yeah, but there's stuff. To, there's stuff to like about what we've seen so far, and you know, there's exciting things ahead. Caicedo's arrived. Lavia's through the door. It's an exciting time. It will take time. There will be bumps in the road. I think you know you'd be naive to think there weren't going to be bumps in the road. We'll get there, people. We'll get there. There's still there still should be good feeling about Chelsea. It's raw right now. Um, but you know, as time passes, you know, during the week, we'll get, we'll then get excited for for Luton on Friday night, and hopefully get get the result there, and we'll just you know just have that good feeling back, you know, because it's been far too long since since Chelsea have won a competitive game of football. Get that done, and then hopefully we'll move, and momentum can build very quickly. And as I said, there's lots to like. So anyway, uh, I want to thank Jam for coming on the first of hopefully many appearances for Jam this season. And, you know, hopefully we'll have wins to discuss with Jam next time he's on. And it's a lot happier episode. Jam, cheers for coming on. Give yourself one last plug where people can find you and all your stuff. Thank you, mate. You know, it's always at least therapeutic talking to you about the, uh, about the loss. So, you know, um, hopefully, like you said, next time is a win. I'm going to manifest that. But anyway, everyone, um, you can find me on at carefree underscore jam uh that's on uh twitter instagram and tiktok and then yeah on the co-owner of the chelsea social and the cfcw social too um so check them out on twitter and instagram as well nice one nice one as for us we're on twitter at that just instagram at that we're on freds i know i know we are on there um if you want to you know follow us on there as well whenever i tweet the pod out any likes and reposts are greatly greatly appreciated um i said if you've enjoyed the show please feel free to leave it a rating and a review um disappointing disappointing day but until the next episode everybody keep blue flag flying eye sports social podcast network